yes, I walked in for the 10 o'clock and uh, yeah, glass was half full or <laughs> half empty, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, what? hello and welcome to Screen Fix, the show where we will be fixing a recent film. I am host JC, with me as always, the co-host that carries the show. Say hi to everybody, Lady Wan. Hello, everyone. In case you haven't guessed by that terrible intro. <laughs> Whatever. That was a great pun. <laughs> this week we will be fixing glass. Trailer. It's amazing to meet you. It is simply extraordinary. Maybe this will all make sense if I explain who I am. My name is Dr. Ellie Staple, and I'm a psychiatrist. My work concerns a particular type of delusion of grandeur. It's a growing field. I specialize in those individuals who believe they are superheroes. Good for you. The three of you have convinced yourselves you have extraordinary gifts like something out of a comic book. David Dunn, the only person to survive that train wreck all those years ago. What do you do? I'm in security. You think you have superpowers? It's a feeling. A vision. I have to touch them. You believe you are a protector. My name is Patricia. I have no question. There are two dozen identities. I'm Mary Reynolds. Por favor, senora. We almost got you, bro. That live in that body with you. The beast is coming any minute now for you guys. But what I am questioning is your belief that you are something more than human. And yet, it is true. My bones break easily. I've had 94 breaks in my life. But you have an extraordinary IQ. This is not a cartoon. This is the real world. And yet, some of us still don't die with bullets. Some of us can still bend steel. I've been waiting for the world to see that we exist. That sounds like the bad guys teaming up. A lot of people are going to die. Don't do this. Are you ready? What do we call you, sir? First name, Mr. Last name. Okay, so Glass is the sequel to 2000's Unbreakable and 2017's surprise hit and surprise twist that it was connected to the Unbreakable universe, the film Split. All three directed by M. Night Shyamalan, written by M. Night Shyamalan, our twist master who (laughs) (laughs) broke out with a string of hits and then had a string of duds Mm -hmm. um, and kind of worked his way back, first with the movie The Visit, that found footage movie where kid gets a poo diaper thrown in his face and um totally missed that one and i'm fine with it and so that kind of marked his kind of return because it got (laughs) favorable reviews okay 
then he did split and and everyone was shocked it was yeah. what's david dunn doing at at the end of this movie dun 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 and mentioning <laughs> mr glass um what big reveal so how was your theater going experience watching glass it was more than half full <laughs> it was pretty packed i saw it in dolby so every single time beast slammed david into a wall my chair shook it was intense superhero-esque yeah it was a lot of shaking yeah i saw it with uh an old high school friend and somebody who was on one episode of this podcast mick mike mick mac mick mac i don't know what he goes to anyway guy's name is mike i'm not uh, i know sup mike we (laughs) (laughs) don't stop listening right now mike (laughs) (laughs) yeah mike give us five stars mike we were both split about our opinion of glass my opinion was unbreakable though i (laughs) stood my ground that was just an excuse to say a lot of really dumb things Uh, yeah it was (laughs) split was a strange movie i it took me a long time to wrap my brain around what i thought about it yeah this movie had me all twisted is that a pun (laughs) (laughs) i can't tell a poorly done pun uh anyway So Unbreakable comes out in, in, in 2000. Split comes out 17 years later. Yep. Actually, side note, Disney's Buena Vista International owns the rights to Unbreakable, and mm-hmm. Split was made by uh, Universal Pictures. So they teamed up. They had a little Sony Marvel-esque team up here. Disney agreed to let Bruce Willis's David Dunn be in Split as long as they had input into the sequel that would end up being glass movie studios working together <laughs> mass hysteria <laughs> so how did this movie fare was there hysteria what are the fresh hot stats so this movie is estimated to be opening at number one this weekend at the box office it's looking like 40 million dollars in the u.s plus another 48 million overseas and the production budget was only 20 million man bruce willis works cheap now apparently and sam jackson will be in anything (laughs) he's like wait i can just sit quietly for half of this gig fine In contrast, Split only cost $9 million to make, but it opened at number one for $40 million in the U.S. its opening weekend. Mm. And in its total run, it made $278 million worldwide, Ooh. which is the same amount of money Unbreakable made in its total run worldwide. This is spooky. Whoa. A twist. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a twist. Everything's connected. Let's twist again like we did last summer. When you called John. I'm on a twist master. I can just only picture him like in a dance contest for the twist. Like I have to win. He's got a trophy. <laughs> he has to win anything involving twists. <laughs> he's like making drinks, and he's like, "No, let me do the twists in these." <laughs> Whoa. All right. Oh, boy. His fridge is full of Tropicana Twister. Ooh, that's a deep cut. Do they even make that anymore? I don't think I have no idea. All right, so it is making money. How are audiences liking this thing? Critics and audiences. I have to do this. Critics and audiences are split on this movie. <laughs> oh, I oh, get it. <laughs> you owe one to the jar. Hold oh, on. I do. Put it in. Thank you very much. Um. So this movie is... 36% rotten, according to critics. Ew. 
you. Critics hate uh-huh. it. 79% of audiences like it. Woo, really? Yeah. A girl actually two seats down from where I was sitting said, not even when the movie was done yet, perhaps four different times during the movie said <laughs> out loud, I hate this movie. <laughs> Wait, were you sitting down from me? <laughs> <laughs> We got to get that girl on the show. Right? I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, how would you fix it? Huh? <laughs> Let's be constructive here. So. Um, Unbreakable was 69% fresh with 77% of audiences liking it. And Split was 76% fresh with 77% of audiences liking it. Ooh. So people are into these movies, man. You know what? We're going to fix this movie. But before we get into fixing, mm-hmm. quick plot summary. Quick. We've heard the feedback. <laughs> Mike. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> The plot summary is too long. We're going to shorten it up here. We're only going to go with the movie pooper's quick summary because he wipes away the excess. So the movie opens with David Dunn and his son. They own a security business, but really it's kind of a cover for the fact that David Dunn, now known as a superhero called the Overseer, uh, is going out as superhumans do, you know, some uh, vigilante justice. He's got to brush people and he sees visions and he knows that they're a bad a bad person so he's going around saving people uh joseph is now essentially just like ned in spider-man homecoming said the guy in the chair guy in the chair (laughs) so david has kind of been in pursuit of kevin wendell crumb or the horde apparently there are some missing kidnapped cheerleaders or something he goes in the beast comes back they have a fight they fly out of a window and when they fly out of a window police are there and this psychiatrist is there. So anyways, this psychiatrist named Dr. Ellie Staple brings together David Dunn, uh, Elijah Price, who is Mr. Glass, and Kevin Wendell Crumb, a.k.a. The Horde. She has them all now in her facility called Raven Hill Psychiatric Hospital. She's there to convince them that they're not actually superpowered and are just suffering from delusions brought on by some past traumas that they've had. But Elijah really wants to join forces with Kevin and bring forth his beast persona to commit a public atrocity to bring awareness to the world of superhumans so while all this therapy is going on elijah manages to trick the staff there he's not really sedated they've been sedating him but he's been tricking them and he sneaks in and he manages to get the beast to join forces with him and they plan to attend the opening of a new skyscraper nakatomi plaza (laughs) (laughs) what was it called osaka tower Sorry, Nakatomi Plaza. Who are we kidding? And they're going to kill a lot of people. And David ends up breaking out of his room to stop them. There is a fight right outside of the facility that is witnessed by Elijah's mom, David's son, Joseph, and Casey Cook, the survivor from Split, played by Anya Taylor-Joy. The Beast turns against Elijah when Joseph reveals that Kevin's father was on the same train that Elijah derailed, uh, where David was the only survivor. The Beast punched Elijah in the gut, and he's then that's it. He's mortally wounded. He turns his attention to David. He's throwing him against cars. They both end up jumping up in the air and falling into a water tank. Uh, David busts his way out of the water tank. The Beast ends up getting mortally shot by a quote-unquote police officer when Anya Taylor-Joy's character, Casey, brings out the personality of Kevin, who is not immune to bullets, only the beast is immune to bullets. He dies in Casey's arms, and then uh, one of the cops goes over and drowns David in a puddle. Mm -hmm. But he also, at that point, touches Dr. Ellie Staple's hand 
and learns that she's part of a secret organization that wants to prevent superpowered people from walking among society. Mm-hmm. Although Staple thinks her operation was a success, when she reports back, she later finds out that Elijah deliberately escaped via the tunnels below the psychiatric ward in order for the surveillance cameras to record himself plus David and Kevin fighting. The footage is uploaded to the web by Casey, Joseph, and Mrs. Price, and they watch sitting in a train station Mm -hmm. while the world learns about the existence of super-powered people. Dun-dun-dun. That's glass. Did I miss anything? Mm, Nah. So we're not just here to crap all over a movie? No. No, of course not. We never do that. We don't record that part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. If only people could hear the stuff that we cut out. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. What did you like about this movie, Lady Wan? James McAvoy. <gasps> that, that was one of mine. Because well, he's literally the best part of the movie. Yeah. He's incredible. Right. He's absolutely amazing. Like, he would become Patricia and like he wouldn't even have to say anything. And I'd be like, oh, it's Patricia. Like, just the yeah. way he would, like, blink and, like, settle his shoulders. You're just like, and this is Patricia. Like, he was changing characters without even speaking. It was amazing. Amazing. It was. Absolutely. James McAvoy just... Killing it. I mean, in Split also, he's absolutely amazing. In this one, he's, like, really settled into being the personalities. Mm-hmm jumps through them so seamlessly he's not gonna get one but he's got to deserve a nomination for this right playing 24 different people i know and they put all of the personalities in the credits too they did yeah that was really so that it's was like really halfway cool. down the list of names it's like james mcavoy and then it continues like in this huge long list of all the characters he's playing it's yeah. really amazing like i was in awe sam jackson also did awesome i mean the the performances are are good sarah paulson is in this movie <laughs> I feel like Sarah Paulson is just in a lot of things. <laughs> Back-to-back weeks for Sarah Paulson on Screen Fix. This is Paulson month on <laughs> Screen Fix. Other than James McAvoy, what did you like about this movie, JC? I like that M. Night Shyamalan tried to do something different. Subverting expectations. I appreciate that he didn't give in to what would have been like fan service and given us like that big fight on the skyscraper. Mm -hmm. He's going for something and you're not sure if you are on board or you're not on board. It's just, uh, I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell how I was feeling at the end of it because throughout most of the movie I was like the girl sitting down from you where I was like I hate this movie this is stupid like I just I kept looking around like hoping I would catch someone's eye to be like this makes no sense and like complain about it and then as the last scene was happening when they're watching the video go viral and everyone around them is like seeing the footage from the from the movie that we've seen earlier on the security cameras I just found myself feeling so satisfied with that as an ending and then I was like hey no like no 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 I haven't been liking this don't you dare make me happy at the end of this movie I was like I don't want to be happy with this and yeah. they like it just forced the like mm-hmm. satisfaction of an ending on me and I was like oh, well, no so I was I yeah. find myself very confused about how I feel about this movie too yeah the end forces you to find a group of film friends that you know and just talk about it yeah and I appreciate that about this movie now that that's out of the way what do you say Lady Wan that we fix this movie what do you think okay let's do it Psh. That just doesn't sound like glass. It just sounds like you like turned on a hose or something. <laughs> this sounds like splash. <laughs> All right, Lady One, why don't you give us your first fix? Go ahead. So there's this moment where after 
David and the Horde have been taken to the psychiatric hospital. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're uh, sharing a hallway. Their rooms are across the hall from each other. And there's this moment of timing where both of their doors are open and they just see each other. And it's like this moment of panic and confusion for both of them. And both of them, when they meet with Dr. Staple, are like, what's going on with that guy over there? David is like, is he contained? He's dangerous. What have you got? He's going to get out. And the Horde, through a variety of the personalities, are asking, like, who is that guy? How is he able to fight the beast? Like, who is he? What's going on? Guy, the beast fought? He's right there. He can't beat the beast. He doesn't think he can beat the beast, does he? Huh? Yeah. They're both very aware of the other one's presence. They're both very freaked out about them being so close to each other and maybe not secure. So there's a lot of tension Mm -hmm. there. And then eventually we see Kevin, I think he's Patricia at the time. Yeah. Sitting just in a metal chair next to David as they're going to have like group therapy with the doctor. And for some reason they've wheeled sedated... Elijah in there. (laughs) They're going to have group therapy with a guy who is completely mentally unavailable. The comatose guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. David is in chains. The Horde is just sitting there because they've got some flashy lights in the room. So I guess he doesn't need to be chained. Whatever. So I just, I don't understand how there's this buildup of they've had a fight and we know that David and the Horde are going to meet again. And instead... We don't get that moment of them meeting for a second time. They just are in a room together and we're just starting therapy now. And here's Elijah being wheeled in late. Like, how is the guy who's in a wheelchair late to the start of this session? Like, the nurses are there. To, like, oh, I don't, I can't even. I just, I wanted to see that scene, that moment of David coming into a room, like being escorted in with the nurses and then Patricia coming in and Patricia being like freaked out by him. And David should be freaked out by him being Patricia. He's never seen him be Patricia. Yeah. He saw Hedwig on the street. He fought the beast. He's never seen Patricia. He should be like weirded out by seeing Kevin sitting there in like his Patricia posture asking if if those chains on David are secure. Where is that moment? It's true. They're they're all way too cool just sitting there in their therapy session. Just chilling. It would have been much more logical to have each one react as the next one was brought in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. David Dunn doesn't even really react to the fact that he's seeing Elijah there. True. God, that scene is just all wrong. (laughs) Yes. 100%. Yeah. That's a good fix. I mean, what could uh, Patricia have said when she comes in? Like, I feel like Patricia would have been asking where the refreshments are if it's going to be a proper meeting. (laughs) If this is a proper therapy session, where are the cookies, darling? Yes! JC, what's your first fix for glass? My first fix has to do with the nature of the therapy for these particular people and how they react to it. Mm -hmm. There is a point in this movie where she makes David doubt himself. And she also makes the beast, uh, some of the beast's personalities, doubt the beast. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, but I don't think a lot of that makes sense. And apparently they're doing therapy to Elijah too, somehow, even though he's just sedated. So that's just, so Glass is not getting any therapy from what I can see. Right. If this movie was going to make logical sense, (laughs) they wouldn't be doing any therapy with Glass. They know he's too smart to be converted or convinced. He's always two steps ahead of everybody else. So you don't even try. So why they're wheeling him around and she's in therapy sessions designed to make them not believe they're superheroes makes 
absolutely no sense that he's even in that session. Mm -hmm. Now, David Dunn, his crisis makes no sense either <laughs> because this guy's been fighting crime as the overseer since 2000. Yeah. He's been doing this for 19 years. Uh-huh. He should know without a doubt that he can do spectacular things. Even in the first fight scene, him and the beast are throwing like a giant oak table at each other right like they're throwing each other the tv remote <laughs> while they're fighting david dunn is so sure about his powers mm -hmm. that he throws both of them out of a window yeah probably knowing that he's completely going to survive the, the fall yeah he'll be fine because he's fucking unbreakable yes <laughs> And he knows it to the point where even when Ellie Staple is telling him, your visions are probably just you seeing some paint on some pants and you're just really good at deducing. You're like a good detective. Mm -hmm. And he even tells her, he's like, no, you don't get it. <laughs> and then for some reason, when the plot needs it, he's having doubts. Yeah. Why? So Elijah makes no sense being there. David Dunn's doubt makes no sense. Mm -hmm. The one that does make sense is the Horde. Yes. Because it makes sense that she could get through to the Horde. There's 24 people in there. Right. So she has many more legitimate shots at turning the tables on him. Because maybe by turning more personalities against the Beast personality, mm -hmm. she may even be able to make some of the personalities more emboldened and maybe more powerful. Maybe together some of these other personalities can be strong enough to marginalize the Beast. Yeah, stop him from getting the light. Right. When some of the personalities were, pop were popping out mm -hmm. and they were showing doubt in the beast what if he can't do these extraordinary things what if he is just unwell i thought that was great yeah i was like hey this makes sense instead of all of this stuff don't have david in this facility at all start out the movie david dunn is responsible for the capture of the beast but he gets away mm -hmm. so beast and glass end up in the same psych ward Mm -hmm. Glass is not undergoing this uh, this treatment that the beast is. Right. Glass is just off in his own area. Just being drugged. He's been there just biding his time, mm. right? And when the beast comes in, he sees the beast as a tool yes. to not only escape, but to destroy his enemy, David Dunn. Yeah. Because as Glass said in, in Unbreakable, like basically Dunn is the yin to his yang. So this is what he can do to get Beast to go after David is some of the personalities, maybe a lot of the personalities are having doubt in the Beast. And he convinces the Beast that he needs to prove himself against this seemingly invincible man, David Dunn. Right. And if he can beat Dunn, he'll prove to the rest of the Horde that he is in fact as powerful as he says he is. Yeah. Prove it to the horde and prove it to the world. Does that sound better? Hell yeah. Because <laughs> it makes no sense that all three of them would be in this therapy thing. It just no. doesn't. No, I, do, I couldn't process that Bruce Willis is put into this facility for Dr. Staples three days of treatment. She constantly is like, I only have three days to do this. Meanwhile, the entire room he's in has been like set up with all these pipes to blast water. And like, what was that room being used for before? <laughs> she only has three days to do this. That took way more than three days of construction. I don't understand the timeline here. When does three days of therapy do anything for anyone? It, it doesn't work. I've seen intervention. Lady One, why don't you lay on us your next fix? So after the beast has attacked Elijah, after coming to the realization that he killed his father, he's, you know, dying on the ground, talking to his mother, which is incredibly distracting because the woman who's playing his mother is wearing the world's worst old lady makeup. 
Like yeah, her face is so puffy. That woman is five years younger than Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> and she's supposed to be like 20 years older. Yeah, apparently. I guess they, they just really wanted to use the same actress. But in that case... That's like when you don't do it. Yeah. So he's talking to his mom and and she's obviously upset that he's dying because he's told her that this whole thing is a setup to this is the ultimate battle. And she was like, but that's what I thought this was. And he's like, no, it's not. This is an origin story. And I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, what is this? This Twisty. is the twist. It's happening. Here we go. I can a twister. And then, you know, um, the movie doesn't like really follow through with that. I think. I think what the movie wants right. me to think is that this is the origin of people finding out about super people. But like, that's yeah. not an origin story. He, like, he's a no. comic book nerd. So it's not a term he would misuse. Yeah. So you're right. Because I thought that's where we were going and we didn't go there. I want to go there. So I want to fix it and do what Elijah said. Oh, don't you go there. Oh, I'm going there. Oh, don't you go there. I'm, I'm going there right now. Okay, go there. Okay, I'm going there. So this should be an origin story. And as you just said in your last fix, Elijah said that, you know, David was the yin to his yang. Like even Dr. Staple, her whole reason why her organization is trying to stop David, who is a vigilante for good, is because when a hero pops up, a villain pops up. And that's the logic. There's a balance to it. They come in pairs. Except for... In this movie, we're dealing with three people. So that's not balance. They come in pairs, except for this one time when we have three. No, (laughs) like I'm, I'm saying no. So we know that Glass and David go together. Yeah. So this should be the origin story of the counter to the horde. And I thought that's what we were going to get with Casey when Dr. Staple tells her, like, you have the touch, like you can calm him down and bring Kevin to the light. Like you can, essentially you can tame the beast. So this should be Casey's origin story, right? Yeah. Maybe she's even so powerful and she does bring, bring peace that she's a being that brings peace to the world. Right? She's an orphan living in a foster home. It couldn't be more clear that she's supposed to be a hero. It sounds like an origin story to me. Right? <laughs> right? Come on, man. It was right there. It was right there. That makes so much sense. Like, I didn't even think think about that. That's so dumb. Sarah Paulson even says they come in pairs. Yes! And then we'd never get Kevin's pair. I know. We never get the counter for the horde. And obviously it has to be Casey. It has to be. JC, what's your last fix for Glad? My last fix is to make these deaths make more sense. What? That's right. I'm going to try to make them a little bit more logical. Fix it. Okay. All right. Fine. Do it. Fine. Now. Fine. Okay. So I did not mind that there was a final confrontation and all of our characters died. That's fine. Yeah. And I love your idea about it being an origin story. But in the context of this story, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and make these deaths make a little more sense. The first one, actually, this death actually makes pretty good sense. Uh, but I'm gonna just going to tweak it a little bit. I'm going to go ahead with The Beast. Yes. I didn't understand why Anya Taylor-Joy was getting all into comic books and getting invested in Kevin on her own. I just really didn't think that that made much sense. Um, she had two classmates murdered by him. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why she's so sympathetic towards him, really. So I would have liked it better if they ask her to come to the psych ward because he's now captured and they question her about uh, him. They just want more info about him and uh, getting through to him because in the police report, it talks about how she was doing okay. that. So she would be helpful to the doctor instead of it just being her on her own being like, you know, I'd really like to go talk to that guy who killed my friends. 
I don't have anything to do today, and I know where he's at, so I'm going to go talk to him. It makes more sense if she's summoned there. I mean, the girls that, you know, that he killed were kind of itchy. Yeah, well, I mean, high school, what are you going to do? Yeah, there's high school. (laughs) They weren't exactly her best pals. They were frenemies? They were frenemies. So Okay, got it. I want her to be brought in and Mm -hmm. maybe she's like reluctant to cooperate. But when she is finally wanting to, she's there when this is going down. I did like when she brought Kevin to the light and then he was shot. Mm -hmm. And I want her to feel kind of bad for him when he's shot, but not super bad. Now I'm going to jump over to Elijah. It is revealed to Kevin by Joseph that Kevin's father was on the same train as David Dunn that was derailed by Elijah, a.k.a. Mr. Glass. This is a big reveal to us as moviegoers. It's a huge reveal to us, but (laughs) Kevin's got to know his dad died on a train. Yeah. And it was big news that there was a lone survivor. Yeah. And also Mr. Glass is in this psych ward yeah because david exposed him for all of the things he was doing including the derailing of that train so right again kevin should have plenty of resources available in his life yeah to absolutely know that this guy elijah aka mr glass was the one who destroyed the train that mm-hmm. his father was on and that David Dunn survived. He might not know exactly who they are and what they look like. And that's why I'm going to change this. Okay. I want Elijah to look completely different than he looked in the past. I don't want him to have the crazy hair and, and looking pretty much the same and putting on his, his purple suit <laughs> and telling him that he's Mr. Glass. Yeah. I want him to be manipulating him, but in disguise. Okay. That way, the reveal is much easier to swallow. Kevin should be finding out that this guy who's been chilling with him in the mental hospital is Mr. Glass. Not that Mr. Glass... Derailed the train. He should already know that. And that would make more sense. And then he would be like, I'm going to you know, break all your bones. The third death, David's death. This is probably the most egregious. Yeah. As much as we all hate the fact that this character that we loved from Unbreakable, arguably M. Night Shyamalan's best film, dies in a puddle being drowned by a three-leaf clover cop. Yeah. But let's just go ahead and say that was a fine ending. It subverted the superhero genre fine. However, the whole scene is subverted and undercut by the fact that he's just escaped a giant water tank. Yes. So he is aware enough when submerged completely in water. Mm-hmm. And being shoved down by the beast, right? he's aware enough to punch a hole in the side of the tank yeah. to get out. Yeah. But he's not aware enough to move when someone's shoving his head in a puddle? Right. I understand the puddle thing fine. Because that's his weakness. Because water is his weakness and even a puddle can kill him. Be- right. Because he believes in his weakness that much. Mm-hmm. But you don't have him submerged in a tank and escape nope. just before that. No. Otherwise, it makes no sense. You totally subvert the moment. You've lost it. Terrible. Like, he really tanked the ending. <sighs> So I guess without further ado, we should consider Glass Screen Glass Breaking. That does not sound like Glass Breaking. Uh, anyway, so do you have any final thought, Lady Wan? I do. So this movie is Glass. Elijah is the title character. Mm-hmm. It's his turn, right? Yeah. He doesn't talk for the first 
45 minutes of this movie easily. Like he's just twitching his eye yeah. and twitching his lip. That's all. That's all he's given us. Yeah. And the moment when he finally speaks is just like, eh, there's nothing. It's such a flat moment. He just rolls into the Horde's room and is like, yeah. hey, I've been working on a plan. What's up? You have to believe that he hasn't spoken to anyone in that mental hospital because he's been pretending to be sedated. For, he's been actually sedated for a while and then pretending to be sedated for a while. So he hasn't spoken in presumably months, maybe years. Just the fact that Samuel L. Jackson is like one of the most charismatic, captivating actors. Yeah. And he just starts talking for the first time in 45 minutes. And I'm just like, oh, whatever. How do you how do you whiff on that moment? Yeah, it really does a, a disservice to Samuel L., doesn't it? Yes. JC, do you have a final thought? Yep. What? My final thought has to do with uh, Elijah's final plan. Mm. If his final plan is to reveal superheroes to the world, yeah. I don't really understand why the secret organization is like, oh no. Yeah. I mean, Sarah Paulson screams when she realizes he's done it. Yes. Like, but wouldn't this organization already have tabs on all the other superheroes that are in the world? Like, certainly this isn't just relegated to philly right like this isn't like right like this has to be just the philadelphia chapter of the lucky charms <laughs> superhero killers club right like just, totally the whole reveal of the plan is also very weak there's got to be more people in this group that she's in there was that also were the povs obnoxious yes incredibly it was jarring to switch to and i saw it in dolby so anytime we were on pov somebody was getting hit and my chair was shaking <laughs> It was not necessary. <laughs> All right. So final thoughts out of the way. Why don't you send us home, Lady Wong? You can reach us here at the show by sending an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us or follow us on Instagram at screenfixpod. And uh, we're on Facebook, too. Just search for Screen Fix Podcast. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Libsyn, and, of course, Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, please rate us, leave a review, and tell a friend. We also have a Patreon account where you can donate to the show if you like us. Uh, we have dreams of keeping this show going for a long time. And we also have dreams of opening a one-screen theater to be the home of podcasting and movie marathons and film festivals and all kinds of fun stuff like that so if you like us feel free to leave us a little a little some some even if you don't like us i don't mind i don't mind <laughs> <laughs> if you're hate listening right now please donate so <laughs> how about we leave everyone with your best sam jackson saying that sounds like the bad guys teaming up and go this seems like the bad guys teaming up <laughs> wow <laughs> do it better right. <clears throat> this sounds like the bad guys teaming up what's in your wallet <laughs> i don't know it felt right it just felt right all right tune in <sighs> next time where we will be fixing another movie we don't know yet what yet we're, we why don't you tell know. us what what to fix yes tell us tell us what to fix we serve you bye everybody bye When he has sex with his wife, it's always a twist ending, too. <laughs> <laughs> she
she's like, it's always a twist. Look, just can we just do it? Can we just do it normal one time? Just just normal. <laughs> this is always a twist ending. Come on. Oh, boy. I don't want to surprise every time, M. <laughs> <laughs>